Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible, drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. Today is our Sunday benediction. On Sundays, we take a second look at our readings throughout the week. We reflect more deeply on what they might be speaking to us in our lives. Now, I realize that many of you are going to be listening to this on a Monday, and that's because I'm kind of late in the schedule this week, but hopefully this still can be a nice wrap-up to last week and maybe the nice new beginning of a new week. But our readings this week have been significant in that they have been a lot about the reality of resurrection, of God's deliverance, the crossing of the great sea, the ways in which God's forgiveness, liberation, new creation has changed everything. Because of who God is, we no longer have to grasp for control. We can trust in the God who has initiated our rescue, who has saved us from the great enemy of sin and death, who's forgiven us and who will put all things right. Our Old Testament reading comes from Exodus 14, 19 through 31, and it tells the story of the God who rescues. By him, God's people are invited into faith by stepping onto the uncertain dry ground ahead of them that once was chaos. We are called to fear the Lord, which doesn't mean to be terrified of him, but to give our allegiance to him in a world where it looks like so many other things run the show. And you know that. If you look around at our world, we're so tempted to think that we can find um, the good life in so many other things. If we become successful, according to this world, we can be tempted to believe that worldly success should be our ultimate pursuit. The problem is, if you keep getting more successful, you just want more and more of it. And this kind of success is rarely consistent, and it will keep us thirsting as we drink from a thermos of sand. When we find that we're relatively safe and secure in this life, the temptation becomes to hold on to that safety and security at all costs. But this is often at the expense of others. When we're concerned about our own safety and security so much that we often turn turn a blind eye to those others in our world who lack safety or security. Like the squirrel that hoards nuts and lashes out at someone who seems to threaten it, we often push away those who seem to threaten the things we most hold dear. We see this kind of grasping in our New Testament reading, Romans 14, 1-12, where Paul speaks to a church divided over cultural issues that feel extremely important in the moment. There's one group that abstained from meat, because most of the meat that was available at the time had been sacrificed to idols and they didn't want to move towards idolatry. The other group, which is the group with whom Paul mostly identifies at this point, has embraced a new freedom in Christ and they're freely eating meat. The first group may be tempted to think the second group is being unfaithful, playing fast and loose with the call to holiness. The second group may be tempted to think the first group is immature and they're resistant to include them in their meals because of it. Both are called as brothers and sisters not to destroy the work of God because of food. Rather, they are to trust in the Lord Jesus 
more than they cling on to their own perspective on the issue. They must trust. We could even say stepping onto the dry ground of fellowship with one another, trusting in the one who has made a way for them. Our gospel reading, Matthew 18, 21 through 35, proclaims that there's another kind of control we often hold on to, the need for revenge or vengeance against those who have hurt us. We may express vengeance in our lives by attempting to socially isolate the one who has hurt us, talking behind their back, speaking to them in passive-aggressive ways, punishing them at work. Sometimes we even use violence. Or simply, we just keep score in our minds of all the things they've done. It may be appropriate for us to ask ourselves, who are those in our lives who are most difficult to forgive? If we don't do this, then so often the scoreboard runs in our heads without us even realizing it. We then must remember rightly those things for which God has forgiven us. We bring those things to mind not to shame ourselves, not to dredge up things for which we've already been forgiven, but to remember the beauty of forgiveness and the generosity of God. Forgiveness is God's very heart and the lifeblood of his people. In the story of the Red Sea, we hear the good news that God is the one creator and the one liberator, and he loves his people. This means we can't liberate ourselves, fix ourselves or our circumstances. These are challenging words, but they're also comforting words for us because we need to stop trying to fix ourselves and our circumstances. God responds to the cries of his people. Now, many times rescue is not evident. And in those times, it's appropriate to cry out and lament, God, where are you? But through it, we can trust that God is faithful. The early Christians quickly found a connection between the story of the Red Sea and the story of Christ's death and resurrection. They affirm that Christ has crossed the great sea of death. And in, in baptism, we have done so with him. So hear the good news. You have been forgiven. You have been set free. May we know this at the core of who we are. May forgiveness permeate who we are. Because of this reality, the world will never be the same again. Now we do this while also acknowledging that we don't yet see this new world fully realized. In this way, it often feels like we live between Passover and the crossing. It often feels like we stand surrounded with evil chasing us and chaos in front of us. And in these moments, we have to trust God is with us. The same God who calls dry ground out of the sea, who called life out of death, is calling out new creation in our midst. May we know him. May we fear him. May we step out on dry ground. May all we do be an honor to the Lord as we share the table with all of our brothers and sisters. And may we be a people of extravagant forgiveness, letting go of our record keeping, knowing that we can trust God even with that. Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. 
You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch.com and find out more at theartofpreaching.substack.com.